0: Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Hi, Scale listeners. This is David Finkel, joined by my co-host and co-author of Scale, Jeff Hoffman, here on Scale Your Business Radio, the show that focuses on how you can grow your company by working less by getting the business to produce more versus just you. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the key to building long-term loyal team. And Jeff, I want to start off here with this idea of how do you make your company the place that top talent wants to be? And you had shared a story in scale, and it was a really powerful story, this idea of, hey, one of your team uh, members came to you one day and said, Jeff, what's what's our employee manual about how we do things here in terms of, uh, you know, as a leadership team, and you You called a meeting right there and did something right there and then. Can you share that story? Because I think it's a great frame for people on this idea of making your business the place where top talent wants to work.
1: Sure. And, you know, it it, it was interesting because basically it was an employee policy manual question, and I didn't have one. Uh, And I was thinking to myself, there might be a simple solution to this. So I told all the employees to go in the conference room. And I said, everybody take out a sheet of paper. And I said, in the middle, draw a line. And I said, on the left side of this sheet of paper, I want you to write down all the things that any manager you've ever worked for has ever done to you that made you feel bad, uh, you know, not incented, wanting to leave, might have made you quit, all the negative ways you felt and what people did that made you feel that way as a manager to an employee. And I said, now on the right side of the page, I want everybody to write down all the things the opposite. What is something that anybody you've ever worked for, any management you've ever worked for, did that made you feel really good, made you feel valued, got you excited, got you motivated, made you reminded you why you wanted to keep work there, working there? And then I said, "Look, now everybody gets a thumbtack." They were kind of laughing. I said, "Go tack this on the wall." And I said, "If you get caught doing anything on the left side of the sheet, as you're in management, you're fired." <laughs> and once a week, go to the right side of the sheet. Pick off one of those things on there and go do it for an employee. So for example, one guy told me that every once in a while his management would just his manager would just invite him out to dinner. Actually, he used to invite the employee and if they had one, a spouse or a significant other, if they wanted to bring somebody. And in this case, it'd take he and his wife to dinner about maybe once a month, once a quarter. And he wrote that down. So what he would do, since it made him feel so good, is he'd go to his list, check that list, Go down the hall, find one of his employees, and said, if you feel like it, I'd love to to take you and your significant other out for dinner on Friday night. Totally up to you. So it's making that reminder of all the things that made you demotivated in a job and remembering to never do those and making a list of all the things that made you love your job and constantly asking yourself, am I doing those things for my employees? That sheet of paper with a line down the middle became our Thumbtack Employee Manual in the early days, and it was very effective.
0: I tell you what, Jeff, that was such a good idea. And uh, this past January, we had a full-day strategic planning session with our executive team. And one of the questions I asked each of them, I said, what were the things about businesses that you found engaging, absorbing, you loved? What were the things about businesses or the management team that you found demotivating, frustrating, annoying? And we did those lists. And some of the things on there really surprised me. Um, One of my team members mentioned for me that it was really hard for him when someone told him about a problem, yet expected him not to do anything about it at that moment. He found it really hard to, when he heard something, he wanted to just handle it right there and then. And and I never even thought about that. And yet many times I found myself in the past year, I would hand him things saying, oh, don't do this yet. This is for the future. I just wanted to give it to you. (laughs) what it did is it taught me to put it on a list and give it to him later on versus just when it was convenient for me because of how annoying it was. And I didn't even realize I was doing this until I asked that question from which you gave me in the book.
1: (laughs) You're right. That is funny because we think about that from our perspective, not theirs sometimes.
0: Absolutely. Here's something else I'll share, and then I want you to talk about culture after this. So one of the things I noticed is in businesses a lot of, I see this with a lot of our business coaching clients, that, that they're so focused on where they want to get to, and they constantly see what's left to be done in the business. And so as a result from it, generally when they get their team hit some uh, performance of something that's good, they quickly look to see, okay, here's where we need to go next. It's always about that next step. They're always looking out to the horizon. And it almost feels like the, the target, the, the deadline, the, the finish line keeps moving back on people. So one of the things I've had them do is to say, hey, I want you to train yourself to catch the successes, to catch the victories as they happen, which isn't natural necessarily. So start off each of your staff meetings by just asking. We're going to go around the horn here quick list one or two victories from the past two weeks in the company. And people would start saying this, and they would do it again and again. And three, four, five months later, it was so amazing to watch the transformation as not just the business owner started noticing all these victories and actually letting them sink in, but it was like they gave permission to their team to feel successful for all these good things that were already happening. I mean, these are businesses that are already growing 20 30 40 50% or more per year. They were very successful. But because the owner in the past wasn't really stopping to see the victories as they happened, the people in the business felt like they could never please the owner. And it set up a poor dynamic. And just by stopping and articulating the victories, it made a difference.
1: I think that's really, really important. I'm glad you brought that up. I have worked for those kind of bosses, and it's really important as well for us that, you know, because what the business owner says is if, you know, we're in the red zone. It's first down on the 20 yard line, uh, and you point there out. And the business owner says, "Look, we haven't scored a point. We haven't scored. No field goal. No touchdown. We're just on the 20. We got 20 yards to go." But what the what the team is thinking is, they turn and look behind them and say, "We just drove 80 yards against the test defense. The only reason we're <laughs> in position to score is because of our hard work." And so you are right. It is demotivating when management says, "Guys, we're on the 20. We have 20 yards." to go. We know that. We're not stupid. We didn't even know there's 20 yards left, but it'd be nice if you pointed out that what an amazing effort of the last 80 yards was. So I think you are really right that celebrating those those victories along the way and turning around and pointing out to the employees that the only reason we're on the 20-yard line is because you drove 80 yards to get here is really important. They need to know, it does a lot of things. It shows them that you appreciate everything they've done along the way. It builds their confidence because even though the next 20 yards was tough, they turned turn back and say, wow, we actually just drove 80 yards. So you don't tend to see that once it's behind you, once you battle through that hard problem. But pointing it out, making people feel good, letting them know you appreciate it, and giving them a chance to bolster their confidence is really, really important for team morale.
0: Yeah. And this ties into this idea of culture about creating a place where there's a certain personality, a certain feel to how it is when they... When they show up to work there each day. Um, I like to say that a lot of businesses take on the personality of the owners. And you can see that. That the owner has got a certain way of being the founder of the company. Oftentimes, it kind of inadvertently, that's what the business turns into. What's this idea, Jeff, I've heard you talk about in the past. About sitting down and asking yourself and consciously designing. What's the, what's the feel? What's the culture we want to have here in this business? Because let's face it. There are going to be so many novel situations that you won't have a system for, that no one's dealt with before, and your culture is basically the shaping uh, factor that helps people know how to behave in situations that are novel, for which there is no system that tells them what to do. And and it's such an important part of helping them feel part of something bigger. Talk about culture for a bit.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the end point, since you just pointed it out, and then we'll back up, because culture is... That set of values that enables me to make the right decision when nobody's around to help me. Right? When there's no one I can ask and i got to make a decision now. Culture, again, is that set of values and principles you live by that pretty much guarantees the person will make the right decision on anyway, even if you're not there. And they just have to do what they think is right. So, that being said, let's back up to the fact that it's really, and this is why it often takes on the personality uh, of its owner. Uh, And it's sort of understanding what your values are, right? And I think culture starts with values. Uh, Who are you? What do you stand for? What do you believe in? So that I know that if you weren't here and I was making a decision for the business, I would make the right decision. Now, the way we help people get there all the time, and this is what we do with all our companies, and this is a fun exercise everybody listening should try. I get my employees in the room and I say, if our company was a person Tell me about him or her. Is it a young woman, a middle-aged male? Are they, you know, are they, where are they from? Are they very international? Are they Midwestern values? Are they moving high speed like the Northeast? Um, How do they speak? What kind of education do they have? What do they believe in? What do they care about? How do they behave? Describe your your company like it was a person and describe who and what that person is. And it becomes kind of a guide. Because my employees, we had a company once when we were doing UBid.com. The company was pretty much Jane, we decided, with our personality. And people would say, you know, Jane would never do that. Jeff Jane just wouldn't do that. And then you could say, well, then we shouldn't do that either. Pick up the phone, call the customer back, and tell them we're going to do exactly what Jane, this person we believe we are, would do. Whether Jane reflects the owner or not, that's that sort of evolved. It sort of morphed into here's what we, this group of people, believe that we stand for and what counts to us. So try that exercise. Pretend your company was a person. Describe that person, what he or she stands for and believes in. And then keep that personality in mind every time you have to make a decision in your business, including whether or not somebody belongs here and belongs in the group and works with us. You know, the question is, would would this be one of Jane's friends? Is this somebody Jane would hang out with? Because if it is, you fit our culture. And if it's not, it's probably not a good fit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love that as an idea even to help shape the, the hiring. I can almost see the cutout, the life-size cutout of Jane or, or Tom or whoever that might be here. <laughs> in the next segment, we're going to be talking about the DIY myth, about why many business owners don't think it's okay to look outside themselves for answers and why they think they have to do it all themselves. You're listening to Scale Your Business Radio. We'll be right back here in just a moment. Scale listener, this is David Finkel, co host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. If you've ever wanted to grow your business but held yourself back from fear that it would take over your life, then we urge you to get your copy of Scale today. It'll give you a proven roadmap for rapidly growing your business while also gaining more personal freedom scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more scale is for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them get your copy online or at your local bookseller for more information visit us online at scale your business that's scale your business